Good evening, everybody. Y'all good? God's good, ain't he? I can get an amen out of that probably, right? <clears throat> God is an awesome God, and he is worthy to be praised. And it's been another great Lord's Day. And I just, I got a couple things that I need to get straightened out before we start. Okay, so... I had this joke that I thought y'all would really like, but it was not a punk. There wasn't like the joke and then the, the end, right? The punk punchline. See, I don't even know about jokes, right? <laughs> so the punchline, it was supposed to be an ongoing, like you guys were supposed to enjoy the joke while I was telling it, right? So when we got done, I had several people I won't say any names that said they were waiting on the punchline. So I got a joke tonight that I feel like you may enjoy. There was this preacher, and he was working on his lesson one evening. And his boy, his son walked in, and he said, How do you know what to say? And the preacher turned to him, and he said, Well, God tells me. And the boy looked at him, and he looked at his paper, and he said, oh. And he had a real puzzled look on his face, and, his, and the preacher said, do you got to say something? And he said, well, I was just wondering, if God tells you what to write, how come you keep crossing things out? <laughs> okay, that was decent. <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, this morning was like a walk of shame, man. It was a bad one. But I got the point across, and hey, God was glorified because we got to get into his word, which is what it's really all about. Amen? This evening, I want to start a series, and it'll take us a while. I'm going to do uh, some different lessons in some different ways, and I want to talk about the women of the Bible. And tonight I want to talk about specifically Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I want us to do some reading tonight and just kind of get back into the story that we're all so familiar with. Uh, and it starts in Luke chapter 1. And I want us to just think about Mary and the things that she went through and see if we can make some applications for our life. So if you would, uh, Luke chapter 1 Verses 26 through 38 is where we'll be. We won't spend a lot of time in all the scriptures, but I do want to kind of set this up so we can think about some things. And if you're a guest here tonight, thank you for being here. What an honor it is for you to be with us tonight. And I hope that, as Jeff prayed, that our worship here has been thus far in spirit and in truth. Luke chapter 1, 20, verse 26, and, and, and get into this lesson. Get into the story and think about Mary and the things that she's going through. Verse 26 says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. 
Could you imagine an angel coming in and speaking to you in the first place? And secondly, to come in and say, rejoice, highly favored one. And not only highly favored one, but that the Lord is with you. And blessed are you among women. Look at verse 30. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the, of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? What a confusing time. What a, a, a confusing situation to be a part of. But here is Mary put in a position. You know, Matthew uh, chapter 1 verse 21 says about this son that she's going to bring forth, that she'll call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. What an incredible weight to be put on you. Could you imagine that? Wouldn't you say that would be true, that this uh, understanding that the baby that you're about to have is going to be the one who is going to save the people from their sins? Look at verse 41. It says, And it happened when Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. By why, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. She has this baby in her belly, Jesus, and as she comes in, and the baby in Elizabeth's belly, who is John the Baptist, hears her voice, she, he leaps inside. These incredible things are happening. These in, incredible things are happening to Mary, this young girl, and it's just probably a little bit uneasy, would you say? You think about Mary. You know, she could have let this go to her head. She, she could have thought, you know, me being the mother of God really is something special, and people need to pay special attention to me. But she also could have gotten mad. She also could have gotten angry. You know, why would you put this burden on me, Lord? But what does Mary say? Look at verse 35. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth... Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, what did she say? 
Did she say, this isn't fair? Why would you put me in this position? Did she say, you called it right, Lord. I am exactly the one that needed to do this. No, she says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The first thing to consider tonight about Mary is Mary magnified the Lord. She doesn't think about the good or the bad. In making the decision to do what the Lord has asked her to do, she says, whatever you need me to do, I'm in. Boy, what an application for us. Amen? You think about the situations that we have going on. None of the women in here are going to have a child that is going to be the Son of God. So we can't use that comparison. But we all have babies that are born. We see many uh, here recently, right? And we know that uh, mothers have had children in this congregation, some really old, some younger, some middle-aged, all ages and all spectrums. We see this understanding of motherhood. But this application goes even deeper than just with the mother. You see, she praises the fact that God is holy. Look at what she says in her song, verse 46. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. The word magnifies is, means to esteem highly or to celebrate or to get glory or praise. Mary immediately gives glory where it's supposed to, and that's exactly what we should do, amen? But think about the responsibility that was put on her. That's a big one, isn't it? You're going to carry the Son of God. You're going to be the one to raise this child. But despite the uncertainty... She obeyed God, and she trusted Him. Think about that application. All of us who have children, and we talked about this in class today, it just worked out right on. Whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a great-grandparent, whether you're an uncle, whether you're an aunt, the humbling thought is to know that we have children in our midst. Brethren, we have children in our midst that need to know the way of the Lord. It's not just the mother and the father's responsibility. Is it? Absolutely. But if you're a grandparent, if you're around these children, you have a responsibility to help guide them in the way of of the Lord. I see it. I, and I'm not going to elaborate on the situation. There, there's a situation that is in my mind right now that is just so heartbreaking to me. And it has to deal with parents. It has to deal with parents not doing what they're supposed to do. It has to do with grandparents not doing what they're supposed to do. God is not first. God is second. And I know when this comes around and this situation comes to a head, what's going to happen is they're going to say, how come God wasn't there? 
How come God wasn't helping? I tried to do what I was supposed to do, but it was just a watered-down version of serving the Lord. Brethren, if we want to change our lives, if we want to change our kids' lives, if we want to make this world a different place, we better get serious about serving the King. Mary said, whatever you need me to do, I'm your maidservant. I don't know if I could... I mean, think about the responsibility. And it's not going to be just this time. Think about the things that she's seen. Turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and there they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Could you imagine the sight? Could you imagine seeing that? And then them saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph, just like it was told to them. Verse 19 says this, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but I want you to just think about it. What does Mary do? Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Brethren, we have a responsibility to take care of our children. We have a responsibility to take care of those children around us. That's why Bible class becomes so important, because they get the foundational things. And you know what's a great thing to do? And I'm sure many of the parents do that. What happens in class you talk about when you get to the home? You elaborate on those stories. You talk about those things. And I've talked about several times about Libby talking about the wise man building his house on the rock. You know, I could just avoid that and say, yeah, that's a sweet story. Or I could say, absolutely it is. And let's talk about it for a minute. Take some of my precious time. <laughs> we all busy, right? We all got a lot of stuff going on. And I'm just going to take some of my precious time and I'm going to spend it with my child. And I'm going to talk to her about the word. Psalm 127.3 gets real important because it says, Behold, children are a heritage. That Hebrew word is powerful because it means possession or property. Children that we have in our presence, these new babies, they're so precious 
They're God's property. How are you going to handle God's property? You're going to handle it in vain? You're going to handle it, eh? We'll go when we need to. You know, we talk about us doing these things, but when we're not doing what we're supposed to do, whether we like it or not, the kids see it, don't they? I got a guy who he, he struggles with uh, drugs and he's, he struggles with addiction and he's found his son being addicted to the same things. And he came to me and he said, man, I need to talk to you, man. I need you to fix this for me. And I'm like, what's up? What can I do? I'm thinking about a Bible study, right? He says, I just need you to talk to him because I can't talk to him. Because when I tell him to not do something, guess what he tells me? How are you going to tell me to stop when you ain't stopping yourself? Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. They are the fruit of the womb. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Sorry. Will we magnify the Lord as we take care of the little ones in our families? In our congregation? What about the world? We got teachers here. We got people who are around children on the bus. What a great opportunity to just shine light. It doesn't have to be an in-depth Bible study with them. It can just be affecting their lives in reading Whatever the opportunity, waiting for the moment. Mary said, I'm your maidservant. Whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it. Mary did just what she was supposed to do. Look with me at Luke chapter 2. You remember the story. Uh, verse 51 is where I want to end up. But Jesus uh, he's young. He's 12 years old in verse 42. And in verse 43, it says, When they had finished the, the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, could you imagine? I mean, Libby wasn't in class, and I was stressed out, right? I knew Aaron was about to get on me. She was just in the other classroom. We know the panic. We know the anxiety when we can't find our kids, right? Here's three days has gone by. And after three days... They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. <laughs> this is incredible. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And verse 51 says this, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. He was their, they, they became his parents. They told him what to do and he obeyed. Mary took care 
of the responsibility she was given. Is it not hard sometimes? Matt, it's hard. It's hard to do this. I struggle with it sometimes. Brother, sister, I love you. And I appreciate what you do. Keep on doing what you're doing. Because as you keep doing what you're doing and you teach them the way to go, one day they will understand it when they're in the tough situations and they'll do what they're supposed to do. Does it happen all the time like that? Matt, you say that, but look at my life. Look at the situations I got. Hey, I get it. I ran a long race away from where I needed to be, but I'm here now. It's never too late. Did the father not look every day for the son to come back? Absolutely. And one day he did. But Mary magnified the Lord. What else? The second thing to consider this evening is Mary was chosen, but Mary wasn't perfect. Turn with me to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. The water turned to wine. John chapter 2, and and I'll start in verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. What do we see in this conversation? Jesus' words leave no doubt that her suggestion was before the right time. Amen? And therefore, if her suggestion was before the right time, that means she wasn't perfect. See, she didn't know everything that she needed to know. The religious world will have you believe that you can actually pray to Mary to command Jesus to help in time of need. See, Jesus' words that he tells her leaves us to understand that what she said was premature. It was unnecessary. Was she perfect? Absolutely not. She was a sinner just like the rest of us. If our Lord would not allow His mother even to suggest to Him the working of a miracle, how could she be considered someone to pray to? She tells the servants, whatever He says to do, you do it. And think about that. Mary was assuming her proper place. Oh, this is awesome. Hey, if you don't catch nothing else in the whole lesson, catch this one. Mary was assuming her proper place. No longer making suggestions to the Lord. What was she doing? But she was leaving everything in His hands. What about that, brothers and sisters? Be anxious for nothing, right? Pray without ceasing. See, don't we a lot of times talk to the Lord and tell Him what we need Him to do for us? 
hey, I need you to work this situation out, and I need you to work it out exactly like this. I'll give you the plan if you can just answer it. Let me buff on that genie in the bottle and get my wish, and then I'll be on my way, man. But it doesn't work like that, does it? Whatever he says to do, do it. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. I don't know what I need to do exactly uh, in this problem that I'm faced with. But I do know this, that you're going to be with me. And through your word, you're going to guide me into the right answer. And it may take some time. It may be a time of waiting. It may be a time to move. Whatever the situation is, I'm going to hold fast and I'm going to let you do what you do. Amen. So why is it hard for us, saying all that, to understand that the Lord does not make mistakes? You remember in Isaiah 55, 11, the Bible says this about the Lord and about his word. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sin it. I used that verse this week. Meditate on that verse for a minute and think about what that verse means and how you can apply that verse to your life. He says, it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Mary said, whatever he does, do it. <laughs> but I ain't telling him what to do. <laughs> I'm not going to boss him around. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. No, it's not Matthew chapter 12. Hold on just a minute. Yes, it is Matthew 12. Okay, Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. You remember this story. It says, while he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with them. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who's, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. If Mary was perfect, Jesus had a great opportunity to show it right there, didn't he? But he doesn't. What does he do? He puts Mary in the same category as everybody else. See, the Lord says, my family is the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Think about that, brethren. If you are my brother and sister, God thinks of you as blood. 
Isn't it hard to separate from our families sometimes? You know, we love our families, but do we really think of each other as brothers and sisters in Christ? Or do we just think about people that we go to church? Oh, I just go, I mean, they go to Fountainhead. I mean, I know, yeah. I mean, I talk to them every once in a while when I see them at church and Wednesday night and stuff, but. Or no, that's my brother. No, that's my sister. You remember, I've told this story. I always wanted to be a brother and sister. I always wanted to be that type of relationship. I longed for that. I didn't understand why I couldn't be a brother. How come I wasn't getting referred to as that? But now I do, and you know what? Every single one of you out there is my brother, and you are kin to me to the utmost degree. If I see you at the store, I'm going to call you brother. If I see you at the store, I'm going to call you sis. Mama, I got a lot of moms out here that keep me straight, and I appreciate it. I mean, a lot of them with mints and gum and advice and uh, all kind of stuff. We won't go into the other negative stuff, okay? so basically what i'm saying is mary wasn't special which is absolutely false she was special she was chosen by god she was chosen to do the will that he set forth for her to do Isn't that application so similar to us? Aren't we chosen? Aren't we chosen people? I remember 1 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5 saying this, Coming to him as a, a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are special. And we have been called by the Lord to do His will in everything, even though we're not perfect. Romans 5, 6 tells us this, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died, for the ungodly. Amen and hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. He allowed us to answer this calling. He allowed us to be a part of this family even though we're not perfect. The third thing, and then the lesson will be yours. Mary magnified the Lord. Mary was chosen, but she wasn't perfect. And the third thing is this. Mary was faithful. I read it earlier. Turn back with me to Luke uh, chapter uh, 2. Luke chapter 2. And watch this unfold. This is great. Uh, This is a real blessing. Luke chapter 2. In verse 19, it tells us that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, I want you to walk with me from verse 21, and we're going to read a little bit. It says, Luke chapter 2, verse 21. 
And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just, was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And what does Mary and Joseph do? It says that Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And then verse 34, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. At that time, she had no idea what was about to happen to her. What was about to happen to her little baby, her precious child? She had no idea. But here we go to John. Turn with me to John chapter 19. John chapter 19, verse 17. It says, And he bearing his cross went out to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. In verse 22, he tell, Pilate tells uh, the ones, what I've written, I've written. Well, what did he write? Above Jesus, he put the king of the Jews. In verse 23, it says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to each soldier a part, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam woven from the top in one place, in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Whose who's, uh, who's it sh shall be, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldier did these things. Now think about what's going on. It's already terrible to think about anyway, just from our perception back into the Scripture. But we're talking about her child. Think about your child.
casting lots for their clothes. Verse 25 says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. I don't know about you, but that would be hard for me. I've been given this promise. I was going to have this child that was going to forgive all the sins of the world. And here he is on this cross, beaten, whipped, slapped clothes torn off of him, made fun of, spit on, crown on his head, bleeding. And I love what Jesus does in verse 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he says to the disciple, he says this to John, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Mary, despite all of the situations, despite all of the things that had happened in her life, the highs and the lows, what do we see from Mary? Turn with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 12. All of the situations that had happened to Mary, what do we see in Acts Chapter 1, verse 12. We're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room. And they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with who? The women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Brethren, Mary was about the business. <laughs> she was right there with the disciples when it all was about to go down. Despite all the ups and downs of life that Mary had to go through, these tough moments, the happy moments, she was with one accord with the brethren. What can we learn from Mary? Brothers and sisters, we need to pray with each other. We need to meditate with each other. We need to spend time with each other because we can't do it alone. We can do it together, though. No matter how uh, 
high up you think you may be or how low you may think you'll be. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Mary is a proof of that. What can we learn from Mary, the mother of Jesus? She magnified the Lord. Brethren, this week, find an opportunity to magnify the Lord to somebody else. What else? She was chosen, but she knew that she wasn't perfect. Brethren, we're chosen too, and I'm far from perfect. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And she was faithful, perseverance through all the situations. Are we pushing through the hard times? Are we keeping our eyes focused on the prize, realizing that what we're doing is worth it? I'm going to say it, and I say it every week, but it doesn't get old to me. I hope it doesn't to you. Be strong. Be courageous. Be brave. Be bold. Be different. Show somebody who you serve and why you serve him and why you're so proud to be his child. Be something that nobody else has ever seen. Be the best Christian that you can be. Shine light in the darkness, brothers and sisters. Let's change the world. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to me uh, this morning and this evening. I appreciate it so much. Maybe you're here this evening and you need prayers if you need them we can help you we'll pray with you we'll hug you we'll study with you whatever we need to do but maybe you're here today and you're not a christian jesus said if you want to be saved you got to believe in who i am Believe that I am the Son of God, that I came to this earth and I died on a cross for you and I was raised the third day you got to be willing to Repent. Turn from your old ways and turn towards the Lord. Confess His name, saying that you believe, just like the eunuch did, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And be baptized in water for the remission of your sin. Forgiveness and come out clean, brand new. And live a life that's faithful to Him. And when you do that, He says, I'll give you a crown of life. That never gets old to me. I hope it doesn't to you. I love talking about that more than anything else. The way somebody could be saved. Hey, if you've heard it a million times, go tell somebody else that thing. <laughs> How about that? I guarantee it'll be crisp off of your lips if, you know, if you've heard it so many times, right? You'll just be able to just blast that thing right out to somebody and change their life. Hey, let's affect people, man. Let's change this whole community for the church. Whatever you need, come right now together. We stand and sing.